Welcome to Supernatural Junkies, where we have candid God talk about all topics that seem off limits to the church. I'm Alex, and I'm super. And I am Dr. Kevin, and I am the natural. Except for the Grecian formula, I'm still holding on to that. And I am Pastor Rob, and I am the junkie, of course, again. And we are the, the Supernatural, Supernatural junkies. junkies. A little late on that, Rob. I thought she was just doing yeah, it. Yeah, me too. Uh, we were we all, can't decide. You're the only one with microphones. Well, why are we all arguing about this? Welcome back, everyone. This is the Supernatural Junkies. I am Rob. Of course, we have Alex and Dr. Kevin Cruz. Don't forget, I'm the natural. Yes. I'm super duper Bob. (laughs) (laughs) And again, of course, I am the junkie. I'm working on changing that, but we'll get there. We'll get there. One day we'll let him be the natural and maybe even the special. Ooh, I'm looking forward to that someday. That'll be amazing. Amazing. So how was everyone's week? Kevin, how was your week? Well, my wife was sick all week. And, they didn't ask uh, it. Wait, that's my news. But that yours. is totally. Back off. I know. Which is why my. Yours, how was your week, Kevin? Exactly. How was your week? Your Back. week. Your week. How was your week? Not my it, work. Not Alex. <laughs> I'm sorry. Were you me? I'm sorry. I was only concerned about my wife this week. Oh, is that what it was? Oh, that's good save. Good save. Was that day, day eight, he was. Day eight, he was. He's like, this is going to be a long show. Yeah, but it was between day eight and what? 10? 10? No, no, come on. Yeah. 14? <laughs> Yikes. Anyway. Oh, that's a dirty look. You guys can't see the looks there, but it's getting pretty, it's getting vicious over here. Yeah. We had to move away from opposite sides of the table. <laughs> yeah, we did. Yeah, usually I'm on the end and now I'm in the middle, folks. So um, I just say folks. I never use the word folks. He's in the South now. Some grown folks over here. <laughs> Us grown folks. Um, no, I had, um, I caught the Delta variant of COVID, uh, which is very timely with this podcast, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm not vaccinated. So that was happy, happy, joy, joy times. Um, it was brutal. And um, I've gotten COVID before, you know, I just, because like, hey, let's get those antibodies going, folks. Let's just spread them around. Actually, Kevin gave me, um, every time I've gotten it, I actually think Kevin, I'm going to blame everything on Kevin. Kevin. Yeah. So disappointed in you. So gross. That's what the title of husband means. Is that what it is? (laughs) Scapegoat. Scapegoat. Yeah, I thought it was jerk. Um, (laughs) Just saying. And yeah. Just saying. So... Um, he gave, yeah, he gave me this too, and um, it sucked. Let's just put it that way. I went to the hospital twice, and um, I am super healthy, and I work out all the time, and I eat pretty good, and um, I was super sick, and it wasn't like um, the cough is still lingering, so I'm gonna try not to cough on mic, but so excuse me if I do. But um, it is kind of hard to talk. And I was super winded and out of breath. And um, my boys didn't really catch it. No, the boys didn't either. I, I think he, Weston may have gotten, like, to him, he's like, I think I'll just have a cold, you know. Yeah, I think the first time Weston had something and Wyatt, maybe not even a day. No. So. I know. I didn't really know that I was sick, honestly. It was one of those situations where, you know, I knew I didn't feel good for a period of time. And I did offer to sleep upstairs, by the way. So. Mm. So I must have at least been going, oh, I don't know, maybe what I don't know what I have. Like leper, leper, leper. Yep. But also because, well, Rob and I do some supernatural healing. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. And so, um, yeah, um, I 
when he told me he was sick, I felt like the Holy Spirit was like, yeah, just put your hands on him and pray. And I did. And so three <laughs> days later, he was great. And guess who was sick? Mm, and um, I think it was spread through the hands for sure. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> and um, it was bizarre. I mean, I'm going to just be real honest here. I don't want to take a long time talking about it. Yeah. Um, an hour and a half later. <laughs> one hour and a half <laughs> right. later. I know. So my son would be like, one hour later. <laughs> um, and it, but it was really, really bad. And it definitely felt man-made because it was unlike anything I ever experienced. And um, uh, it was, I mean, to say it was a bizarre illness, I felt so disconnected from God. Mm. Um, even when I would try and pray, I couldn't concentrate. I've never felt like that sick before. And um, that was really disturbing. And my and I get migraines really bad. Mm. So when did it break, baby? Day, well, day ten. Yeah, day ten. But it was like agonizing. It was like it was like this. Uh, oh my gosh, it's midnight. Um. <laughs> uh, oh my gosh, it's twelve fifteen. <laughs> wow. Oh my gosh, it's twelve yeah, seventeen. It's minute by minute. <laughs> oh my gosh, it's twelve twenty. It, that's what it was like mm. for, but um, I, I mean, the concentration part was so weird. You couldn't even watch TV, mm. like because your brain literally couldn't concentrate on anything long enough to watch mm. TV, mm. and like, but I also couldn't eat and I couldn't drink. My head, my migraine was so bad, like I felt like my head was going to explode. Um, they ended up giving her an IV at the hospital. Finally, and, after uh, my second visit, yeah, they don't like to do that, evidently, because Why? you know. Well, COVID has some buildup in the lungs. Yeah, RSV. And oh, she didn't have okay. pneumonia, but she did have some congestion. Mm -hmm. yeah. But the second time they, you know, like I said, they they gave her that and then that headache broke. And then, you know, that's really what happened. I think she got so irritated in the stomach. But, you know, it's a good segue for our show because we're going to be spending a lot of time on COVID here. And we're not saying it's not real. There's no doubt about no. that. Right. The, the issue is, you know, is it how statistically different is it? you know, than the, the flu and pneumonia, you know. So. Yeah. Rob, how was your week, brother? Oh, it was good. It was good. I had the opportunity to preach at a halfway house last Tuesday. Uh, let's see, the Sunday before that, I teach, uh, let's see, I taught a message at uh, church. And then that Friday night, I also preached. So, and then tonight, I'm preaching at another halfway house. So, four pre preaching engagements in about 10 days. So, I'm, I'm really excited. Preach, so does preach, 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 preach. Does, does two halfway houses count as one whole? Oh, so that's stupid. a good question. So you, you don't like stupid. that one? Who's got dad jokes? Do I have to? Do I have to edit that out? <laughs> no, no. You, not not just dad bod. Dad jokes to go with it. Yeah, that's right, dad bod. Dad jokes. Uh, no, I do have to say, uh, Doctor Kevin does definitely work out. I do have to say that. <laughs> he does. He does. <laughs> All right, so we're gonna hop into it, or yes, what do you want to do? Yes, sir. Let's, sir. So let's go back. This is our third episode here. Again, we're gonna be jumping into the COVID beast. And just for a little quick review, we've really been debunking the COVID narrative. Again, not that it doesn't exist or not that it's not real, but it's not statistically different. And we go back to that fundamental thing, like in 2017, 2018 flu season, we had 2.54 million people die of only pneumonia. Now, of course, how do you keep people from catching pneumonia? Well, the flu, the flu, once it goes into your lungs is really called pneumonia. So they're really impossible to separate. And that's what's actually happened with the, the CDC. They don't separate those. Hey, how do you make Aunt Freeze 
buy uh, what? Take away her nightgown. <laughs> auntie, Sorry. auntie freeze. Sorry, I get it. I get it. I Sorry. never heard that one. Just really, it's an old Bugs Bunny. That's good. Well, I in, like it though. In the first episode, we talked about how only COVID lives have mattered the last year. I mean, we're not allowed to think about anything else. Meanwhile, we could have literally spent ten cents, maybe just really just pennies on the dollar, and we could have saved four point five million people from dying of malaria and, of course, waterborne illnesses. And of course, we also talked about yeah. losing an additional five to seven million people, you know, because of the shutdowns, because of famine. Of course, everybody's noticed how our food has gone up at least 30 percent. Oh, by way more than that. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I'm just trying to be conservative there. So, you know, when our prices go up 30 percent, people in the world die. I mean, that's the literally equation here. So, again, we've designed an illness or the solution to this illness that's worse than the disease itself. And that's just, that's not exactly what you're supposed to do. And it's, again, it's the fear mentality. You know, there's a fire, so let's trample everyone on the way out the door. Mm. And that's exactly the kind of thing that we see. And so we also go back to, in the last episode, we talked about how the CDC issued a guidance change, how they counted death certificates. You could use suspicion. And specifically, that's never happened before. Um, all you had to do was suspect that it was COVID and you were allowed to put that down. The mm-hmm. second thing that happened is, is that they unseated, normally the underlying condition would be the cause of death. They actually unseated that and allowed a temporary or an immediate condition to actually you know, be line one. This is the cause of death. And, and that means they changed how they counted the numbers. And that is what produced the numbers that we saw. Right. The CDC, of course, later admits that they were doing this. That's that infamous 94% of the people that die of COVID had underlying conditions. And that means 94% of the time, based on the old rules, okay, it would have been line one, the underlying condition, not COVID. Mm. Does that make sense? Absolutely. So then COVID would have been the active or immediate condition they caught, then ended up being the straw on the camel's back that killed them. Mm. So these these guidance changes uh, are really what did it. And again, then we had the financial incentives. So we have insurance companies, we have, we have the Medicare, Medicaid, right, that are giving more money, right? So all of a sudden, somebody on a respirator, which we talked about how right. that was mandated, and we know now that hydroxychloroquine is hundreds of times more successful than all those ventilators, and, right. and we got a whole shipment of them from Russia because we're trying to put that many people on them. So you can see everything we did at the start was exactly the wrong thing to do. Yeah, and you know, I'm sorry, I don't know, you might be re- getting ready to go there, you're talking about financial incentives, but I actually uh, was speaking to someone at church, and she's a nurse, and she was refusing the COVID vaccine. Now, they didn't make her get it, but guess what they started doing? Incentivizing her. They gave right. her an extra two days off for the year if she took the vaccine. She said no. They actually ended up putting her in a drawing. They, for people who got the vaccine, were put in a drawing to take a cruise. Yes. I, I, I couldn't believe it, and unfortunately, she actually took it. Yes. She took the vaccine. So. Well, you, you can see these these incentives are going to work. And mm-hmm. they're not even to the actual pen, penalties. They're going to come to that next. Right, right. And, of course, that happened, you know, in, in with the Methodist Hospital um, in, in Texas where they were successful at basically. It's Presbyterian. Was it Presbyterian? Yeah. See, I guess that's Houston bringing out Pres- my inner bias. Presbyterian. Presbyterian. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> But you know, what do you have against Presbyterians? Right? I know. Don't I, hate. I'm really feeling bad right now. <laughs> You've been destroyed this whole 
show. Exactly. <laughs> well, welcome to my life. Um, <laughs> well, you know, I read a verse, and I think it was last time, and uh, it's Second Thessalonians 2, 9 through 11. I won't read the whole thing, but it says this, that because they refused the love of the truth, that would have saved them. For this reason, God will send them a powerful delusion so that they will believe the lie. So that judgment may come upon those who have disbelieved the truth and delighted in wickedness. And I think one of the things that we're having trouble with is that we have to realize this deception is going to be a lie. Right. If you can find the lie, you will find the delusion that is coming. And that is something the church is not talking. The church is not even invested in, you know, the lies. Yeah, you said that in the last episode too, yeah. So, you know, when we talk about the other nail in the coffin that we didn't get to last time was really about risk levels. You know, this, the COVID is largely over, but we just look at last year and how many people actually died of this. And this is when it gets to be you know, kind of stunning, honestly, when you start to look at real world risks, we did all of this because. So um, let's go to the first one. But the overall risk of somebody dying from this was 0.17%. And again, that's over the whole 118 months. So that's a very, very small percentage. Again, remember these, these statistics I'm going to give you are all coming from uh, these are this is everybody. In other words, this includes people that have underlying conditions, which means that if you don't have an underlying condition, then these will be dramatically lower. Well, right? like, so were you talking earlier, like the suspicion of? Yes. Where they can, wow. Well, and, and that's the, this is where the death rate is, This you have to remember the CDC changes, guidance changes, these are the people that were actually diagnosed as dying from COVID. Got it. Does that make sense? Yep. So that means those numbers are cooked because of the, the way that they change those guidance changes. So if you look at this, basically, the best way for me to get into it is to give you some real world, because these figures are astronomically low. In fact, we need to get above 75, about 75 year old and up before we even get to 1%. And even 65 to 74 is only 0.39%. People that are 60, I'm sure it's 50 to 64 are only 0.139%. Now, the big one for me was age, you know, 0 to 17. It was 0.00039. So mm -hmm. let me give you some real world things. So, for example, we kept our kids out of school for something, right? Their age group, it was similar to being struck by lightning. Right. Okay. Um, People that were 18 to 29, similar to being killed by attacks of dogs, dog attacks, kills 0.001% of us. Now, 30 to 39 year olds, similar to a percentage of people that die on a bicycle, which is 0.026. And then again, drowning, similar to people that are between 40 and, and 49. Um, also, motorcycle accidents, same thing in that 50 to um, 50 to a 64 age group. Um, so, you know, you can start to see here that these things are very, very abnormal. When you get to 75 to 84, um, falling is similar kind of, of thing. So you think about the implications of this. I have fallen and I cannot get up. Get Thank up. you, Life I Get up. <laughs> I remember that commercial. I love brutal. that one. 
Thank you, Life Alert. <laughs> hey, if Life Alert wants to sponsor us, please. I know, us. we need to still need a sponsor. Yeah, we do. Hey, Life Alert. Thank <laughs> you, right. Life Alert. And one thing you're saying, too, like about the kids having to come out of school, I, I haven't seen all the numbers yet, but as far as the suicides and the depression is just overwhelming is what I, I don't have the exact statistics of that. Right. And they're but, saying you know, more psychological problems now with right. preschool children right. because of all this. Right, yes. which is going to lead to more deaths than if they would have let them just come to school, which is crazy. Well, you, you know, most people are not afraid of their kids, again, getting struck by lightning. So imagine right. now, let's just imagine now for a year and a half, the media narrative is that every time somebody was killed walking across the street, or riding their bicycle or on a motorcycle, they covered it 24 seven. Okay, and then they turn around and say that we need to outlaw dogs, swimming pools, right? Walking or riding a bike, especially motorcycles. And or how, about, how about dogs in a swimming pool while on a motorcycle? Exactly, <laughs> this is the kind of- <laughs> Illegal, arrest that dog, yes. you can catch You're him. Out. And some of these kids, you know, I mean, they're never gonna catch back up in school. I mean, you know, that's the kind of irreparable damage that could have been done here. So in that same period of time, people have been, it's illegal for them to work. Right. No, well, sorry, I'm sorry to keep interrupting you, but I mean, you know, not from the, the hype that we're giving it, but while I was sick, I mean, our youngest son watching me, he broke down in tears several times thinking I was going to die. Um, mm. You know, and that's from what he sees in his on, TV on and, yeah, the mm. news, not from us. Right. But several times he, you know, he was so worried about me that he was like, "Is mommy gonna die?" Wow. And I was like, "No, baby, I'm fine." I mean, Oof, I there, there were times I wanted to, but mm. um, from my headache, but yeah, um, yeah and I, you know, that's the hype that's going on around this. You know. Well, it's funny you mentioned suicide. Remember that in one month in Japan. You know, again, I'm not sure exactly when this was, but I think it was over the summer last month. They had more people die in one month from suicide than they did the whole thing. So if you look at suicide, um, the only people that are get kind of that high, you have to be over 84 years old before your risk of suicide is not greater than COVID. You see what I'm saying? So those are the kinds of figures that you need to understand. So what if it was illegal to work? What if it was illegal, right, to not wear a mask, okay, and refuse to take an emergency use only vaccine for these kind of risk levels, right? What if there's a vaccine so that you couldn't be attacked by a dog, right, or swim in a pool? So you can imagine this kind of, you know, enforcement over some kind of ridiculously small risk levels. And again, they just, they don't have the deaths, they don't have the percentages to justify what they have done. And also to put this in perspective, very much driving home that point that only COVID lives matter, right? So uh, in sub-Saharan Africa, the number of lives that have been taken from malaria, you know, having malaria in 2020 were more than 409,000 people globally, most of them Babies, right? Wow! In yeah. the poorest parts of Africa, were killed by malaria last year. And that's the same for babies. water. Now, what is the risk factor for babies? Right, right. With COVID, right? And the the horrifying thing when you read that number, right, is that because the drug that it would take to cure that, and also to help people with, uh, it's the same drug, right? You could use and. 
it's so inexpensive. Um, it, it's literally a dollar a dose, pretty much. Right. I think wow. Between a dollar and two dollars. But we uh, won't. We we won't use it because there's no money to be made off of it. But we also won't give it right. to those people that need it. Mm. We could stop this. We could eradicate that there and that four hundred and nine thousand mostly babies. And that's, that's so that's so depressing. That's and horrifying. It, it really is. And it, and I actually was watching um it was an interview of a missionary there in, in africa and they were just i mean i just the look on their face was just i can't even describe it to you they were mortified yes. mortified and it was it, it was it was heartbreaking it i mean it was heartbreaking well and that's the overall disillusionment that americans have yeah. with the world they we really have the greatest country in the world we are the envy of the world and yet all we see on television is nothing but negative things about us. Right, and right. It's, it's like, let's just bring ourselves down to this level. But right. again, think about thinking about others in times of difficulty is absolutely what restores perspective. And we're not allowed to have that. And, and the, the media could cover these lives. But again, they don't care. They're only, it's only about the lives that they want to point you to. And that's where you have to realize we are being lied to right find the lie and you find the deception and you find out what satan is going to be doing well yeah and it's simply it's just dividing us and and just causing hate i remember when when 9-11 happened right and it um it just everybody was celebrating in the middle East, not everyone but of course several uh countries over there muslim faith and whatnot and, sorry muslims yeah. but anyways they were celebrating in the streets and burning american flags and what did we all do over here we all came together we had candlelight service from california to florida we had um i saw more patriotic flags people they were out of stock i remember going to home depot and they're out of stock just to get a flag to hang outside of your house and i remember how did you change america and they'd show a street and it was just covered with American flags all the way down, where yes. now it's like the American flag, there's people saying that we should even change it and stuff. I've heard crazy things on the news. Yes. They're, they're dividing us, and where normally we come together and overcome, they're now trying to divide us. It's the exact 100%, 180 polar opposite. It's, it's really well, disturbing. You know, and honestly, right. I'm, I'm going to say this, and I will come back to it because it's a whole can of worms, but the bottom line as Christians is that we're letting Satan divide us sinners yeah i'm a sinner right mm -hmm. me too and yep. and, <laughs> and here we are we're, we're doing the same thing in america where we see only the only sin that matters right now is lgbq right mm. so we, we, we instead of repentance you see what i'm saying and repentance for my own personal sin and uh and that's what i will tell you is is the basis and that's the humility that has to come back over the church that we will not allow uh, Satan to continue to divide us because we are all sinners and again the difference is we are saved by grace and we have that new identity that we can rest in and then, and then we'll talk about later about how we're sealed um, but you know to me it's when you see the lies now you have to say the game is afoot what is Satan trying to do mm -hmm. and for my money the mark of the beast has been the most mysterious thing in the whole Bible it's the one thing I've never been able to figure out my entire life. Right. So if you think about what are Satan's really his goals? Well, number one, to steal our souls, right? Yep. <laughs> but what if, okay, first of all, he can't. <laughs> Literally, he can't. There is no unforgivable sin. Oh, wait a minute, until the mark of the beast comes around. So that means if he could have pulled it off before, he would have, right? 
And so what we're seeing is there's got to be something out there, a new choice. Something has to happen. Something mm -hmm. new has to come along. And there's going to be a lot of deception around it. Does that make sense? Yes. So the fooling part, hey, that goes right back to the Garden of Eden, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. Trying to nullify the gospel, right? So this is Satan's ultimate deception. It's his ultimate weapon. And so the Bible gives us some very clear parameters about what the mark of the beast is. And that's where my mark of the beast radar has gone off significantly. Now, let me just say beforehand, I do not believe that this vaccine is the mark of the beast but i do believe a hundred percent call that this is the precursor to it now i will also tell you that if there is some unknown technology in this that i can't find or prove right i will be able to show you that all of the technology necessary is already available sure so yeah. if they snuck it in there somehow again i don't know okay but i am telling you this that we are dealing with something that is 100% the precursor to the mark of the beast. And that means we should be talking about it because that's like the boy who cried wolf, right? Right. Well, he actually saw a wolf this time. Yeah, yeah. Does that make sense? Yep. And so that's what we're talking about. So a um, couple things before we get into the scriptures about the mark of the beast. And um, But first of all, Satan doesn't win. Wait, can I, can I jump in there real quick? Actually, Dr. Kevin's actually going to be doing a... Um, a, a seminar slash webinar slash conference the end of this month the last weekend of this month and it's actually going to be available um, it's going to be live streamed and you'll get a digital recording of it it's going to be friday saturday sunday night i believe it's like seven to eight thirty ish you're right telling around me there this now rob yeah you didn't know um, i've told him a few times but he doesn't check his messages off i booked him without him knowing so anyways you're going to want to tune into that you're going to learn a lot Did you check of animation schedule that weekend uh I, we actually already worked it out together <laughs> yeah it's already worked out so you're, you're done yeah it's fine <laughs> yeah so it's going to be amazing though and that's something that we uh it's good that we get this out there i just thought of that probably should have talked about that before the show but um you'll be able to tune into that because like you're saying no one's talking about it exactly. well you you're going to be talking about it which because no one else is does Kevin have two pair of glasses on his face right? i was going to bring that up Wait. What is the deal? I don't know. Because one of them's not sunglasses. You know, the or... one was from my third eye, which so we're going to talk about <laughs> That was a good joke. That was not a dad joke. That was good. That was good. That was a good... That was a real joke. That was good. That was good. But you have... It was more than a third. It'd have to be a third and a fourth eye because there's two. <laughs> well, they don't lenses. make one eye glasses. So, yeah. <laughs> Did you realize you had two pairs? No, but or? I was like, where are those other glasses? <laughs> In the at? back of my mind, I haven't been able to concentrate the whole show. I was like, wait, why does he have one up there and one on his face? <laughs> oh, that's awesome. All right, then. Okay. So uh. you know, <laughs> so funny. I I will tell you. I think we all should have. We should have some confusing feelings about the mark of the beast. We should all have. Oh, like, you're confused, right? What's going on here? I mean, we right. should be asking ourselves this question. But you know, people make the case that there can be no deception, right, surrounding the mark of the beast, and I just, I just think there's absolutely no biblical case for that. Number one is, but how can you say God is being outsmarted if He gave us a two thousand year warning that one day Satan's going to come up with a new way, a new sin that has never existed before? A new choice that humanity's never had and so this is the kind of thing that the, the church needs to talk about and you know this is about six seven years ago but up to 62 percent of people were okay with being chipped and mm. that's proof that the church has completely stopped preaching about the mark of the beast 
And uh, so again, we think about all the things that, that Satan is trying to accomplish in the world and all the things that the COVID narrative has accomplished, the access to our bodies, they have to have access to our bodies in order to execute the mark of the beast. And this is the distinguishing characteristic of it. So this is why the general rule is we just can't do that. So um, let's get right into those passages. Again, sorry, I'm going to just read this. The first one in particular is pretty important. This is the main passage. It's Revelations 13, uh, verses 16 through 18. And he causes all, both small and great, both rich and poor, both free and slave, to be marked on the right hand or the forehead, so that no one can buy or sell unless he has the mark. That is the name of the beast or the name or the number of its name. This calls for wisdom. Let one who has understanding calculate the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man, which is 666. The second passage is Revelations 14, 9 through 11, and it says, If anyone worships the beast and his image and receives a mark on his forehead or his hand, he will also drink the wine of God's wrath poured out full strength into the cup of his anger. Revelations 20, uh, verse 4. And I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded for the testimony of Jesus and for the word of God, and those who had not worshipped worship the beast or his image and had not received its mark on their forehead or their hands. They came to life and reigned with Christ for a thousand years. So that's pretty cool. Um, Revelations 19.20, it says, But the beast was captured, and with it the false prophet, who had performed signs on its behalf. With these signs he had deluded those who had received the mark of the beast and worshipped his image. And the two of them were thrown alive into the fiery lake of burning sulfur. So here we see, we're going to go back especially to Revelations 13, 16 through 18, and you'll see there's a basic scenario that the COVID narrative is fitting. And the second thing is we're seeing over and over a pattern um, between the mark of the beast and its relationship with those who worship, worship Satan and worship the, the Antichrist. Right, and what I like about the, the last verse here, of course, Revelation 19 to 20, is obviously God wins. Of course, we know that. Exactly. God has already won the war. Of course, we're going to have battles along the way. I'm always talking about that. Is we've already won the war. God is undefeated, always will be, always has been, always will be. So, you know, you think about through this scenario that, again, most people are running around as if, the mark of the beast is going to have a label on it and we're going to we're going to talk about that but if you break down this passage here's what we know the motivation what causes this it doesn't say the antichrist it doesn't say the beast government okay it says a cause a situation happens and this unknown situation or cause like every cause has an effect and the effect of this is is it affects everybody which means we're talking about the greatest peer pressure situation in human history it drives everybody it's 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 everybody's in its path and then suddenly these governments require they need access to our bodies they're going to do something to us mark us in some way this is something that's physically done to us but as we'll see when we break these down to the greek words i think that's that's a while it's a while down the road i think um, but we'll see that where it marks us is actually not necessarily in literal areas. So the idea that this can't be the mark of the beast because there's no mark in your forehead or in your hand, that's not going to really fly as when we, when we get to those words. Um, so again, if you think through this, this is where 
preconceived ideas really hurt us because most people are like, um, we're just looking for a chip, a tattoo, something like that. And uh, therefore, this can't be the mark of the beast. There's no mark in your forehead or your hand. But as we'll see, it's really, that's all so yesterday because today, everything is invisible or too small to be visualized at all. Nanotechnology, there's bio, all kinds of bioluminescence we'll actually talk about. But the most important genetic marker, which I've been teaching now for 12 years, is that we're talking about genetic markers, not necessarily the kind of marks that, that, that most people think about. Is it too soon to talk about the microdots? Well, you can go ahead and bring that up because we are going to go there. Yeah. <clears throat> and I have been monologuing. There's no doubt. No, I'm always. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, especially um, in relation to the, uh, the, you know, mark on the forehead or the hand. So what is the microdot? Uh, the microdots, it, well, it's a technology that nanodots, uh, first of all, it's a type of technology that does have um, computer connectivity. It's a sort of quantum dot, if you will. Uh, they're called qu quantum microdots. Um, now, they were never meant to be used inside of a human being, okay? This is something that was developed for computing purposes, but they do hold enormous potential to be used in computing, okay? And they're microdots because they are nano. Micro? Tiny. tiny? Yes. <laughs> Hence the name. It's crazy how that Brilliant. works, right? Brilliant. Well, I think we'll call it microdots. <laughs> and, um, but, uh, you know, obviously some of doesn't sound, like, doesn't sound threatening. <laughs> right. Yeah, it no, doesn't that's at true. All. It's, it's a little, little tiny thing. It's not going to hurt. Right? Not at all. <laughs> um, but there are TED Talks given by Bill Gates um, talking about these things, actually. And um, he finds them, their use, actually fascinating. And he goes as far as to say in, in some of these TED Talks that he wants to create an entire town um, where people use, have these sort of microdots to, to come into the town. And that's that the, these things are under their skin. And, and that's how they buy, sell, trade. That's how they get into this town, you know. And um, you're like, you start to, and this was back in 2012, I think this TED Talk that I watched on this was. Um, and when you start to hear that, and you start to put together some of this other stuff that's been going on, you're like, that's a little weird, right? Doesn't that seem a little odd, folks? Um, then you start hearing about the, the, some of the, when people are first getting some of the vaccines, maybe the magnets stick to it initially. Well, there are some heavy metals in these microdots, right? Mm. Um, mm. Yeah. We're going to blow that up, trust me. Yeah, no, yeah. I mean, that's I'm, a good tease right there, right. though. That's good. I'm, I'm not going to get too into that part. That's good, though. Um, but it is interesting. There, Look, guys, this information is on the internet. We will have links for this when we get to that part. But it, it is important to note that this stuff, it, we're not making this up. This this hydrogel quantum microdots they're out there they exist they are using them they are putting them in human beings they are programmable it is a computer technology it wasn't meant to be put in humans they are using them on humans though and why is this so dr um yalita which i've talked to before pfizer r d guy um president most senior position they had at the time for 10 years he retired and he's saying look the boosters they're claiming to give people they're not boosters I believe, and he believes, I think, that this is what they're putting in people, that they are putting some kind of something microdots in people to control. If you look on, is it... Um, it's very difficult 
um, to really prove. Again, I know. they have these. They have a list of ingredients, right? And and the, this stuff does go through the FDA. But again, especially different countries have completely different, you know, ways of scrutinizing all that. But there is a, one doctor that was testifying. They do actually say that they have this in there. Right. You know, um, she's testifying before Congress. She goes, if you look on there, you can find it. It's on the government's website. Anyway, so I, I just want this one short part and I'll, I'll move on. But hydrogel slash quantum dot can erase or your memory of God and his creation from your brain. Okay. This was something from July 30th by Celeste Solem, July 30th, 2020. Hydrogel mimics human brain and memorizing and forgetting ability. So this, this is not the first time I've heard this, but this was the first time I actually um, was able to find an article on it. So these quantum dots have the ability, like the human brain, to absorb information, but also to memorize it and then make you forget things. Mm. It's insane. Um, it has a, a memory-like process. But at this um, Japanese university, the hydrogel mimics the dynamic memory function of the brain, encoding information that fades with time depending on the memory's intensity. The flexible materials um, composed of a large percentage of water. And so, um, and they were talking about, um, it, it mimics biological functions. They're soft and wet like human tissues. Uh, they're, they're excited because of the memory functions that it can, it can mimic and erase in a human's memory. Hmm. That's a problem. That's, that's a big that, problem. That should be scary. Well, and again, the, the real reality is find the lie, right? That's the first thing. But the second thing is exactly what Alex is going to do. We're going to blow up some of this technology. And it's kind of a good way to segue that in now because when you think about the idea of a mark, I mean, that is just so yesterday. You are so not up on what technology is actually available to us. And you're going to see that there's no way that it's a coincidence. We don't have six, seven, eight different companies rushing to, to, divine a, to develop a technology right. if they're not planning on using it. You know. Right. So as we go back through this verse, um, one of the things that, that really strikes me is the fact that you have a choice about this. Um, how democratic of them, right? I mean, you think about, you know, <laughs> governments back then. I mean, if you didn't want to do something, fine, we'll, we'll kill you. Uh, or we'll just hold you down and do it to you anyways. Right. This government that's happening here is, is democratic. For some reason, you have to choose it. And I think this is really comforting in a lot of ways because if they hold you down and they do something to you, you can guarantee this is not the mark of the beast. And if they do it to you, it's not going to hold up in the court of heaven. Right. You have to choose this. So this is really a very, I just, I mean, I just, I've always thought, man, that is the weirdest thing ever. Why don't they just force you to take it? Right. The fact that you have a choice is just, again, what, what's the one thing love wouldn't do? It wouldn't take away your choice. Well, yeah, and you, like you always say, I think you called it a robism. It might have been the last episode of the one before. I always say God is the perfect gentleman. He will always give us a choice. Yes, that's so. exactly it. So this is the choice. We have a choice about this. Um, but the problem is, is that this is a very different choice. You can choose to do lots of things and God can still save you. But when you make this choice, for whatever reason, we still will then cover some reasons why. But this absolutely is a new choice. And for some reason, grace cannot apply to it. So we'll talk about why that is. Um, so the people that take this also worship the beast. You think about all the people in the world. Okay, They're not going to worship Jesus 
and they for sure ain't going to worship Satan either. They only worship themselves. So even this idea that suddenly everybody, the whole world worships the beast, this is a, a transfac uh, it's a transational thing that happens to them. Does that make sense? Yeah. Some kind of something happens to their mind, their spirit. That what would cause people to to start worshiping this this beast? Do you see what I'm saying? Right. So I think this is another thing that people underestimate. the The mark of the beast causes something to happen inside the person that makes them do something they would not, not normally, normally do. do. Right. Yeah. Mm. So and you know, again, you said it, Rob. God wins, and God has given us enough warnings, but. One of the things that I like to say is that it's simple. Um, was eating of the fruit that bad? <laughs> you know, I mean, we've all asked that question, right? Mm -hmm. is, is eating of the fruit, okay, the tree of knowledge of good, was that really deserving of everything that happened? Well, I can't answer that. Only God knows, and uh, we have that to, to depend on. But this is the same scenario. We don't understand everything that's going on right now. Right. Right. And so you're dealing with something, it's called disobedience. Mm -hmm. We're dealing with willful disobedience in the church right now and willful disobedience to not talk about a warning that has been given. Right. And if you're a pastor, you, you have an excessive responsibility to preach the gospel. Absolutely. And the gospel in the end times must include this new sin. This yeah. new sin that's never been around before. It, it, it has to. And the thing is, is we're not going to always understand it. It says, well, Isaiah, I don't recall the verse, and I'm sorry, I don't remember the number, but it says, you know, my ways, you're not going to understand my ways, but guess what? Yes. They're better than your ways, but you're not always going to understand. You don't think like I do, but trust me, it's in your best interest. So, Yes, absolutely. I guess we dropped something there. That's sorry okay. about that. Maybe I could edit that out. Yeah, I'm sure you can. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we, we need editing. Editing, editing, editing. So okay. we're, we're back to this. And the bottom line is because it's, it's not something you can be redeemed after you do this, that means the mark of the beast is Satan's master plan. So why didn't he do it sooner? Well, you have to believe it's got to be related to either two possibilities. Either the abyss hasn't been opened and we're going to have two mm -hmm. shows probably on just mm -hmm. what, what does that really mean when the abyss is opened? And, uh, but the second thing is, it's significant breakthrough in technology. Technology has to make a new sin has to come onto the market. And that's really what we're looking for. So when you think about Alex talking about these micro dots, we're gonna blow this up. When you understand what beast technology is and what it can do, you can absolutely begin to understand why if you do that to yourself, you can't be saved. And it, it makes actually sense. So there is a limit to the age of grace. The age of grace is going to go along until what? The mark of the beast comes around. Right. The only thing, you know, during the, the age of grace, obviously, is blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. And that's yes. the only unforgivable sin. And we're going to see there's a connection between the mark of the beast and blaspheming the Holy Spirit. So, you know, you think back here to why did God give us these warnings? Well, first of all, that's called Bible prophecy. And Bible prophecy is purposely cryptic. It's purposely not something that allows us to predict the future. What it does allow us to do is it allows us to see when the future is happening, right? It means that God is trying to warn us ahead of time. And so it means that the future is here and that if God knew this was going to happen, then he knows the future. And if God knows the future, then he knows 
your future, that you are secure in him. Studying Bible prophecy is a faith and trust building experience that we can have in God. And that's that part of our relationship that, that we all need to have. And we, we are going to be asking ourselves these questions. And you're going to see that there's going to be there's going to be some new things that God does too in the end times. And we're going to be talking about the pouring out of the Holy Spirit that, that's going to be coming. So God is up for this and he is trying to get his church and, um, and his bride ready for these, these things that are about to happen. Right. Yeah. I think we need to, especially in, in seminaries, you know, I, I went to seminary and I have to tell you, we, we didn't study Bible prophecy. I mean, a little bit, I mean, very little bit, just to kind of be able to define it uh, and the importance of it. But as far as actually like studying the book of Revelation, Daniel, uh, things like we, we just didn't do it. It just wasn't part of the curriculum. And maybe it's about time they added that to the curriculum. Well, you know, to me, here's the bottom line is I've been doing this for quite a while. And the first class I ever have on Bible prophecy, the first session is all about, well, wait a minute, why do I need to know this? the rapture is going to be here and then I won't be here. So why do I need to know any of this? Right, right, and, right. And you think about what a myopic view. First of all, somebody's going to be here. That's right. Shouldn't you be sharing what they're going to go through yes. to warn them? Right. But because I'm not going to be there, I don't have to worry about anything. Right. But what right? about your children and your children's children? You know? And yes, exactly. And more importantly, again, you're depending upon the timing of the rapture, which there's no way to be able to pin that down. Right. Only God the Father knows, right? Exactly. So you start to think about what can we really know, and the rapture is one of those things that, again, I could certainly sit down and make a pre-tribulation rapture argument. I can do it. Um, but what's actually taught in most churches is not a pre-tribulation rapture. It's a pre-pre-pre-pre-pre-pre-pre-pre-pre-pre-pre-pre-pre-pre-pre-pre-pre-pre-pre-pre-pre-pre-pre-pre-pre-pre-pre-pre-pre-pre-pre-pre-pre-p
the problem is, you know, how many people have heard a Bible prophecy thing and, well, they got upset and they had a lot of emotional reactions to it and then nothing happened. Right, right. And so what is that? That puts us through this whole boy crying wolf routine, right? And so that's, that's what people have done with Bible prophecy. But what we forget is there is a wolf mm-hmm. and he is coming. Oh, yeah. One day it's going to happen. Right. And the key here is there needs to be watchmen on the wall. And when we have a cause that comes into the world, and this cause affects every man, woman, and child, and then the strange thing is, is that they require access to our bodies, right? And now all of a sudden we have vaccine passports, mm-hmm. which are exactly what the Bible talked about. Right. If you don't take this, you will lose your job. Yep. You won't have any money. You can't go to Walmart. You don't get to participate in our global economy. Right. These are exactly what the Bible said would happen. And they are happening right now. And that is why I'm here. Yeah, absolutely. I think also now would be a good time to to put in there. Um, tell us something about your, your Bible prophecy. The way, I think it's really important that so, you, people want to get to know more about Bible prophecy, where they can go for that. This sure. isn't a shameless plug or anything like that, but I think it's important. I think it's really important. So right now, if you go to Bible, um, uh, if you go to prophecydays.com, uh, you can see a lot of my uh, previous things that I've done. Uh, we get into the days of Noah. We get into a lot of the Antichrist. We really, we really cover a lot of different things. But that's a place you can go and get my, not just the videos. You can actually download MP3s. You can actually download all of that stuff. And even my, even my notes. Uh, we do have um, a bunch of articles and a lot of the research that we've done is posted on allpropastors.org. And again, that's allpropastors.org. Right. And All Pro Pastors, that's an amazing uh, organization. I've had the opportunity of going and basically almost try to go like, I'd say like once a quarter. Right. Um, several pastors throughout the Tampa Bay area all get together. They have a lunch together. A guest speaker will come in. And uh, it's amazing because unity is so important in the church, especially times like these, because we have to get messages out like these. And in order for us to come together, we obviously need unity. So I love All Pro Pastors. So you definitely want to go check out All Pro Pastors as well. And, and the fundamental part of All Pro Pastors is not just, you know, we, meetings every month or so, but right. it's really developing, you know, meeting with specific pastors. Most churches don't have a lot of pastors. A lot of pastors are just literally one-man shows, and they have no, you know, real fellowship with other pastors. So they, they develop what calls champions tables, and they have usually, it's a small number of people, three to five, typically around four, and they meet together, and they get, they get to actually have real fellowship. And you think about this, if, if the church, if pastors started to love people the way that God says we're supposed to love people, the, the world would start to believe that God loves them. But as long as pastors can't love each other, the, the world is going to have trouble believing that Jesus loves them. And this is the kind of grassroots movement that we need when pastors start meeting together and become just regular people. Uh, you can see the power that's behind that. And it is an international ministry, uh, especially, uh, you know, we've seen some incredible um, j- memberships joining and so on and so forth, especially in India. So that's one of the new breakout areas that they've had. 
Yeah, and it is so important. And just two weeks ago, we had a, and actually it was on Pentecost Sunday, and it was called Together. We had 38 churches in the Tampa Bay area get together. And maybe that might not sound like a lot, but it is. They all come on one Sunday together instead of having church at, at their particular location. They all came together. We did worship together. Uh, I actually made a friend there, and we've had lunch twice since then. Uh, a fellow pastor and it, it is so important so and, and I love all pro pastors because they've been doing that for years yes I mean, it's like a blueprint if you will so we we're gonna go ahead this is halfway we're gonna go ahead and do a continuation on this particular session and uh, we're looking forward but we'll be back right next week to be able to cover the rest of this one and again showing you how the mark of the beast uh, that we see right now in our scriptures is happening many of these components are happening with the COVID narrative Yes, and if you could please, please listen and like and subscribe and share and comment. If you can comment uh, below on like the different, like if you're watching this on iTunes, if you if you will, if you could just leave like a comment about it and share it, that really helps us out, gets the word out there, and um, so we can share this message. So I really appreciate everyone tuning in. Anyone else have anything? No. <laughs> <laughs> My wife is so speechless. <laughs> I know. I, I'm still, you know, still kind of trying to pull it together. I just got better every day. <laughs> no, but just, yes, please rate, subscribe, review. That would be great. We are the Supernatural Junkies, and we are committed to bringing you the best stuff that we know the church is not talking about. And the beautiful thing is your Bible is the most dependable thing on the planet. Yes. This is God. He is giving us the keys to to sustaining us and to helping us understand oh, wait, wait 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 before we go we gotta we can't just you know i wanted to do a real quick like um what are we reading or watching that's our favorite let's just end it with something like you know a little fun any suggestions why or what i watch whatever my wife wants to watch um, <laughs> Kevin, i mean answer so what are you reading right now what are you watching what are you suggesting for other people don't oh Man, I hate to say this, but you, so I have about four guys, five guys that, that I send stuff back and forth. And so they bury me in articles and they bury me in, <laughs> and, and it's hard to keep up, honestly. <laughs> I can't even lift one, but number nine is, is should be out on allpropastors.org. Uh, and that's the biggest, uh, probably the research I'm doing right now. Uh, myself personally I was given a, an amazing book it's the women of the bible it is fantastic it was I am so sorry I can't remember the author's name I'll bring that up next time she does has a show on Fox News it's incredible it's also available on audio if you don't have time to read I'm reading that right now and I'm also doing a study on angels because I teach a holy spirit class the first Wednesday of each month at my church and so i've been really diving into some michael heiser stuff right now he's got a uh, book yep. on okay. um angel's got a book on yep. the unseen realm so i've been diving into both of those and of course the scriptures i i try to pick right now i'm in the epistles right now mm -hmm. reading um uh first john and i've kind of been camping out there and also in first peter so that's where i've been at that's awesome um i'm going to recommend a podcast michael heiser's of oh course. please yeah um called the naked bible yeah, podcast heard of it's it. great yeah i mean you know he goes through the Bible, uh, you know, some of it gets a little heady, but um, <laughs> yeah, it's he's one of my favorites. But he also he has a few earlier ones too called Pure Normal. Um, that I don't think he's on that one anymore, but there's some old episodes of that one that's pretty good as well. But yeah, anyway, that's all I got this week. But uh, hopefully, we'll be have some more suggestions for you next week. Anyway. You guys have a great week. Yes, God have an you. awesome week. God bless you. And like I always say, please come back. Yes, please. <laughs>
All right. Love you guys. God bless. Bye-bye.